This podcast is brought to you by SoFoodie with a PH. SoFoodie is the go-to platform that highlights the stories and showcases the talents of brothers and sisters who are innovating and creating in the world of food and beverage. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at SoFoodie, that's foodie with a PH, or sign up for their email at SoFoodieWithAPH.com. This is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And you are listening to a new episode of the Gourmet Goober Podcast. You can always find me, JJ Outlaw, on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. And you can find me on Instagram on our page at Gourmet Goober. And as always, I'm here with my BFF, my hubby, that all around that dude, um, T Outlaw, aka Big Daddy. How are you? I'm doing well. Once again, I am. T Outlaw. You know, you can find me on Twitter at T Outlaw. T O U T L A W. That's right. And you can find me on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells, like the movie. Oh. Um, if you're a listener of the Gourmet Gooper podcast, you've probably heard me say that I am not a fan of the Facebook for many reasons. But if you are and you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at the Gourmet Goober blog. You can find the Gourmet Goober blog where we first started out before we became a podcast at thegourmetgoober.com. And feel free to drop us a line anytime at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. So we start off every podcast talking about our week. <laughs> um, and how was our week, Big Daddy? How was our week? <laughs> We're stir crazy. Yes. Okay, I'm stir crazy. No, yes. I think you were right when you said we. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like most of the country, we have been sheltered in place now. You've been home now for almost two. Is it over? It's been over a month, right? Yes, I have gone to the thirty third day. Yeah. Of working from home. And I don't even remember. I think it's either the second or third week that I am working from home. And to be fair, it's not like it's not something that I'm not used to because I used to freelance and I used to be a freelance writer um, and work mainly from home. But, you know, it's different now because, you know, when I was working from home, one, it was a choice. And two, if I wanted to get out the house, if I had like writer's block, if I just wanted to refocus my intention on something that I was doing for a client, I could take off and like sit in Starbucks or go to 
any number of little regional coffee shops that are in the area. And of course, that is no longer an option now. So, you know, it's a good thing we love each other and we've been around each other a lot because <laughs> we have seen a lot of each other. <laughs> so pretty much, yes, just the fact that we have separate rooms in the house to get away if everything goes a little crazy and or yes, we love each other and we have pets to separate us if things go south. No, but all jokes aside, though, I'm very, very blessed, um, even um, with this coronavirus, um, to, because we were talking that a lot of people have been sheltering in place by themselves, and I just can't imagine that. I probably would be talking to the cats and having full conversations if that was me, <laughs> um, especially given the fact that most of our family lives outside the area. We've talked about that before on the podcast. So for me... It's a little hard because, you know, my mom and dad and my sister and brothers, they all live out of, out of town. And in your case, your sister lives out of state. Yes. Now, Grant, yes, I do have family in the city and around the general area. But, yes, a lot of my close family is out of state. And for the most part, I try to keep in contact with them as much as possible. But it's a thing. This thing has kind of put us all in. Are nice little, you know, boxes. But if I were to, and this is me very shortly, if I want to give the short synopsis of how my week was, it can be encapsulated as this. Well, I learned in the last two weeks of the value of being gracious. Yes, right now I am working from home. I have been working from home for a while, but it is very good to be, for the time being, very much employed. Yes. It is a, a value that I should not take for granted. And I give blessings for the fact that, for the time being, yes, I am. Because, yes, I do work in sports media. And not a lot of sports media going on other than a lot of conjecture. But the reason that I bring up being gracious is, yes, one of it is being employed, but the other part of this is for the people who don't have the value of, or the, sorry, the ability to work from home. And those people who are right now in the streets, even on Easter, who work for, in hospitals, in nursing homes, in the grocery stores, for the most part, the link. I never realized, even until a couple days ago, the postal workers. Yeah. The people who have to sort mail, have to sort parcel. For all these people that are out there, I give thanks for their service and for what they have to go through. Even yesterday, learning that there are people who work in, you know, on the roads, like the construction, who are working, they're trying to put in their their days, but like days working, they're subject to issues with uh, COVID-19 and the learning that there was a uh, steel worker at U.S. Steel in the city of Gary, Indiana, who unfortunately lost his life, even though it has not been confirmed that he died from uh, COVID-19, it is still hard to think about someone giving their life while just trying to do his job. 
And for that, I like to say that, you know, I would like to give um, condolences to his or her family. And more importantly, I like to give my thanks to the good Lord above that we are able to do what we do, but we give thanks and we give awesome praise to the people who are out there because they have to just to make a check to do this. Hell, even if they love it, you know, just to be out, you know, doing the job that they love, having to sacrifice just so we can stay at home and do our thing. So that's all I got. And you know what? I'm really glad that you mentioned that because there's been so many reminders this week about how this whole experience has really led me to refocus on what gratitude really means on the personal level. Um, I think I've, I've shared before that the nonprofit that I work with deals specifically with women and families who have experienced domestic violence. And this week I um, am working with, you know, the communications for them had to do an outreach because there was an emergency situation um, at one of the program shelters um, where there was a dire need for items for one of the families that were staying there. And let me just take a step back and say, um, step back, (laughs) Dirk, shoot, stop. Part of what I do, um, or part of what I do is support their mission to eradicate domestic violence. And in a city that has, how many people live in Chicago? In the city of Chicago, there's just under 3 million. Right. So in a city of just under 3 million people, there's only 150 beds total for people who are escaping domestic violence. Only 150 for almost 3 million people. And that's just within the city itself. That doesn't cover the suburbs. It doesn't cover the surrounding areas that make up Chicagoland, including Northwest Indiana, 150 beds. So if you can imagine sheltering in place, it's not exactly the safest situation for everybody because of the fact in many cases, these Individuals, and I say individuals because I know most people associate domestic violence with just women, but honestly, the statistics are one in four women and one in seven men have experienced domestic violence at least once in their lifetime. So if you can imagine you're forced to shelter in place with your abuser, and so it takes a lot of courage in many cases for them to leave. And then they go to a shelter. And if they're lucky to get into a shelter with beds for them, because again, almost 3 million people, 150 beds. Okay, that's insane. So the city of Chicago and state of Illinois, God bless them, they've opened up hotels um, that have been shuttered to give them a place to shelter in place and practice social distancing for people who are escaping domestic violence, as well as those experiencing incidents of homelessness. But the problem is getting them into it has been a little bit of a backlog, as you can imagine. 
Um, so there's been a dramatic increase of reporting for domestic violence. Just within the last couple of weeks, they've gotten more calls than they've gotten in the previous few months. Because if you can imagine if someone is prone to being an abuser, what the added stress of, you know, maybe they lost their job and they're angry about that. Maybe they're sheltering in place and they're enraged or they're scared about that. Who knows what could be the trigger for them to abuse um, their partner. So in this case, the family was able to get refuge at our shelter, but now there's a shortage of everything. There's a shortage of toilet paper. There's a shortage of hand sanitizer. Um, Lysol. Lysol. Yeah. A week before I had to, put out a dire request because there was no cleaning device. Um, in fact, there was an organization um, that is well-known in Chicago that used to make whiskey, and they changed their um, manufacturing temporarily to hand sanitizer because there's such a need, and they very graciously donated two gallons worth of hand sanitizer, and someone else donated facial masks um, for the people who work at the shelter as well as their clients. So can I get some, can I call them up and get some hand sanitizer and some whiskey? Uh, no. <laughs> hey. For right now, they're doing hand sanitizer for institutions because believe it or not, there's a lot of hospitals and other places that do not have access. They also my need whiskey too. My understanding is eventually they'll open that up. But what I was trying to say was, having gone through that experience of getting an email at like 7 in the morning, hey, JJ, um, I need you to place uh, make a call on social media because they need this. Mm-hmm. And not knowing people would be able to come through. And seeing the gracious and generosity of people who, you know, I T can verify all weekend long I've been answer an email. Hey, I saw your post. This is what I can do. Hey, I saw your post. We can actually create and sew masks. Where can we send them to? Virtual strangers who've had nothing to do with our organization. And that really got me on a personal level because I was just like, you know, there's so much to be worried about and there's so much division and to see that people are still willing to do the right thing, even though they're scared themselves and they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with, but they still think enough and they see domestic violence as enough of a problem that they're doing that mm. really got me. Um, on a larger level, like you said, um, this week with us outside of what I'm dealing with work, you know, as you hear that they're telling you, don't go to the grocery store, don't go to the pharmacy, stay out for the next couple of weeks. So we've been really trying to adhere to that. And some of the challenges of getting food delivered to us, um, some of the challenges of making sure that we reach out to our friends and family, many of which I know on my end, I have family members who work with the public and, you know, either if they work in healthcare and they're on the front lines or truckers, no one ever thinks about truckers. They're big too, because if you're out of toilet paper, it needs to get to you somehow. It's not the Mm -hmm. ferry. It's a trucker. 
And I have family members um, who are trucklers, siblings, and just worrying about their safety. And even my mom and dad, because they're older, they live away from us. We can't take care of them if they need something. And just realizing how many people are on the front lines who aren't able to work from home like we are, who go out of their way, like you said, to take care of others. It's really, really got me thinking about not only how blessed we are as we're looking at Easter Sunday, but hoping that they get what they need too. Because it makes me upset that, you know, we can go to stores, we can go to places and they clearly don't have masks or they don't have hand sanitizers or they're not wearing gloves. And maybe because they don't want to wear it or maybe because they don't have access to it. Like, I don't want to give too much about one of my family members, but one of my family members works um, as a CNA. And she's very fortunate. And I talk to her all the time because I have been afraid, like, do you have what you need? And luckily for her, she works in a nursing home that does like take their temperatures and she does wear a mask and they give them lots of PPEs and you can, you know, conflate that with like you see on the TV where there are certain nursing homes that the coronavirus is just running ramshot against and -hmm. all through. Right. And it's hard not to freak the hell out. And there's a couple of times big daddy just like, okay, I'm turning off the TV because you are freaking the fuck out. <laughs> yes. You need to stop doing that. Um, we are both news junkies, but yeah. at the same time, we want to stay informed. But at a certain point of yeah. the day, we have gone back to watching cartoons, uh, bad movies. I mean, for me, sometimes Kung Fu. Love and hip hop. Love and hip hop for you <laughs> and only you. Hey, you were watching Love and Hip Hop the other day. When well, Stevie J proposed to Jocelyn and Mimi, you were thrown by that. <laughs> yes, I was thrown by that. Dude. I was so great. I was so excited. I was like, T, T, you gotta see this. And his mouth was on the table when he saw that. Like, wait. Did he just yeah. Proposed two chicks and then one like <laughs> like just literally took to the like one to the side of his head. Like, Jocelyn was not playing. She whooped his butt. <laughs> oh Jesus. That was great. And it was very cathartic. And but you know what? It wasn't all love and hip hop and bad TV. Like what was that TV show that we watched yesterday that we got in just crazy? Oh, Mc, uh, McMillions. Yeah. On HBO. If you guys haven't seen it, you have to see it. It's a five-part series that was on HBO. However, if you have Hulu, apparently you can watch it on Hulu now, which is crazy. So you don't have to have HBO. Um, the series is called McMillions. And it talks about, honestly, this crazy behind the scene thing that happened at McDonald's where literally for 10 years, there was one mafia family and this guy who worked for um, a connected company to McDonald's. I don't want to give too much away because seriously, you have to watch it. Um, that was rigging the, the McDonald's monopoly game. 
And we just looked at it for a second, and then four episodes in, we're just like, okay, we have to turn off the TV and do other things. <laughs> but it was insane. Like, we were elbowing each other. Is that is that Uncle Jerry? Is that him? <laughs> That's the guy, right? <laughs> but you know what? That's completely healthy. And if nothing else, this week, and I don't mean to do all the talking, but what I was saying is the other thing outside of gratitude that I really learned that was important was self-care. Because for me, especially because of the nature of what I do, at one point I had to like say, okay, I'm working from home, but I'm not answering emails at this time. I'm not. I'm making dinner. I'm eating a popsicle. I'm playing a game on my phone. I am doing my hair. And, oh, yes, doing the hair was a thing. I, I can't say anything because I have no hair. <laughs> but, yes, for the gourmet goober, the hair, I swear, was a thing. Hey, I got it done really fast this time. And I'm proud of you. And it looks cute because, look, look, look. It was an adventure. There are many people right now who are facing the loss of their hairdresser. And it's gotten rough. But all I can say is crochet braids. You can order stuff from Amazon. You can watch a YouTube video. You can hook yourself up. That's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Kind of proud of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't want you all to, like, you know, by the time this all ends, come out looking like James Brown fresh out of the South Carolina prison. Well, I can't do that anyway because a lot of – I'm a grant writer, and a lot of my funders have been wanting to do Zoom videos. And that's the other thing, too. Oh, my God. Zoom? Can I just say, I am sick of Zoom. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> if I do one more Zoom meeting this week. <laughs> Gone are the days where you can just be in your bunny slippers and your um, Louise Belcher hat from Bob's Burgers and take a call and not have to worry about what you look like. Clearly. Those days are gone. <laughs> yes, for all you people I'm out there happy. dropping the yeah, <laughs> for the the zooms, the facetimes, the duos, all this, you know, all the nice little webcam uh, providers out there. Step your game up and or be off, be willing to offer up. Uh, what do they call them? Like the little things that, like the stand-ins, as you will. We need like icons where it's like I don't. You don't need to see my face. You just need to see. The icon, just so you know, because sometimes, bro, I ain't even wearing draws. I'm just. <laughs> well, first of all, if you must not be doing Zoom right, because they're not supposed to know you're not wearing draws, okay? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Clearly, the camera's on the wrong end if that's what's happening. But second of all. Okay, so for all you people out no there. There's no need to see <laughs> just so, Just so we clarify, I'm just being funny. I always. <laughs> Wear underwear. Matter of fact, <laughs> long shorts. So yes, just to clarify, I got that in. But yes, you know, let, let's let, you know, let's get the little uh, little icons or logos in my place. Work on that, you know, Zoom and FaceTime and all that other stuff. Because you know, th- this ain't you know camera ready. But you know what? It wasn't all a bad thing because we got to do duo with my family for the first time. 
so that was cool. I got to see my mom and dad for the first time in months um, because my mom, who, again, not going to talk a lot about, she's very private. She's mentioned she doesn't, she just doesn't. She'll start fighting an empty room. No, she's very private and she doesn't like her business out there. However, mom did get a smartphone finally, which is hilarious because she had, a, I think she's one of the last people who had a flip phone. So she got a smartphone. Someone hooked her up on Duo. And so we did our first FaceTime like thing on our phones yesterday. And it was just so happy to see my parents just, they were like giggling like kids because they were so excited because they haven't physically seen us in months. Because again, we live out the area. And now with everything going on with the coronavirus, I don't know when it's safe for me to see my mom and dad again. Mm. And that's tough. That's really, really tough. So definitely grateful for that. Although you're worried maybe I open up a can of worms because then they'll always want to do that. Yep. No offense. I'm not always camera ready. They just caught me on a good day yesterday. Neither one of us is camera ready uh, every time they hit. But mm. We'll work on that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was the state of our week. So we're going to take a really quick break. And then when we come back, we are going to talk about um, three pop culture related things that really um, kind of made us laugh in the middle of all of this. And hopefully it'll kind of give you joy as well. So um, we'll be back in a second and you're listening to the Gourmet Goober. Do you know who struggles with creating ideas? People who are actually creative. But do you know what really sucks about being a struggling creative? It's that frustration of starting a new skill, the unbearable phase of being stuck with new ideas, and of course, never knowing when or even how to make a profit from your ideas. You know that feeling, being a jack of all trades but master of none. Well, the Conscious Creative Corner podcast is the podcast where real creatives share their secret formulas on how to be irresistibly profitable in their field. So that way you can be a jack of all trade and a master of your money. So if you're ready to leave behind the frustration and exhaustion of not knowing how to live profitably, head on over to the Conscious Creative Corner podcast, where you can gain the skills you need to be a successful magnetic creative. Find it now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Everybody, this is JJ Outlaw and T Outlaw, and we are back with the "What's Eating Us" segment of the Gourmet Gooper podcast. That's where we talk about um, the stories and intersect between foodie and pop cultures that made us laugh, that made us think, and everything in between. And this week, we found three stories <laughs> that I think perfectly captures that. Um, starting with, of course, well. You know, it's really hard to not talk about the coronavirus. I mean, we know everyone's kind of going through it, even if you live in a community that's not sheltered in place yet or things like that. It seems like it's affected everyone's daily lives. And, you know, for a couple of these stories, it's no exception. From I, I just read this really great story that Big Daddy and I were talking about that 
all throughout New York City and really around the country, hundreds of New York City bodegas. Those are those little corner shops that you can go everywhere from like getting, you know, you pay your bills, you can get your beauty supply shop, um, you can get like cleaning supplies and a really great sandwich. Um, Chopped cheese. Chopped cheese. Or in the case of the bodega down the street where we live, what is it? The fried Philly cheesesteak sandwich. That's right. Which is so good that we only allow ourselves to eat it once a year because I'm not trying to die for a sandwich. <laughs> but it gets in your colon, kids. <laughs> it's so worth it. But seriously, all across the country, but mainly in New York, hundreds of these stores are closing. So the and they directly tied to the coronavirus because there's less people ordering like the chopped cheese sandwich. Or right. some of the deli stuff that you would normally get in those those little markets. So wait a minute, if the bodegas are the ones closing up, what happens to the cat that sits on top of the bread <laughs> that protects the store? You know, that's a good question. I'm hoping that whoever owns a bodega, bodegas, especially the ones in New York, there's usually a cat in the bodega. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can't avoid that. That's just part of the environment. Okay. There's a cat. So to answer your question, that's a good question. I'm hoping whoever owns it or runs it takes in the cat. I'm just worried because they're not going to have anything to do. Cause like you said, they guard the bread. So yeah. now they can, I can do that. So um, the coronavirus is affecting everything from the closing to bodega into one thing, just going into our first story that, really kind of surprised me. Um, there is one brand that has really been taking um, Twitter by storm over the last couple of weeks. Okay. And of all things, it's Steakum. Steakums. 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 Yes. The little frozen Philly cheese steak filling that you can get. The little flat, frilly looking, <laughs> like cardboard-esque looking sandwich meat. Well, I wouldn't call it cardboard sandwich meat. I said cardboard looking. I had so much. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you cook it well, you know, you put season on it. It's okay. Okay. Full disclosure. Do I cook with steakums now? No. But when I was in college and grad school, did I eat the hell out of steakums because they were cheap and a really great way to make a good sandwich? Yes, I did do that. <laughs> So I'm not gonna diss steakums. I'm not gonna steakums got me through grad school. Okay. No. Okay. Fine. <laughs> fine. Full disclosure. I never had a thing of steakums till I was like 23. Really? And that was just because I was just intrigued. You know. Okay. Just as a side note, and we'll get back to the story in a second. Can I just say that every so often I learn things about you that just really surprises me, like. The fact that we were together for over 10 years before I realized that you never had a um, Pop-Tart before in your entire life. Or like tonight, if I could share, Big Daddy had never made chocolate chip cookies from scratch before. And I was shocked. I was like, I thought everyone has made cookies. And he's like, well, I have made cookies, but they're usually like from the refrigerated roll. Yeah, you can tell how it's rolled, roll them out. <laughs> Are the frozen the, dough? Yeah, you throw them on the thing, you put them in the oven, and voila. And I was like, no, no, we, 
because I had all the stuff to make cookies from scratch, and I was like, oh, you're gonna, we're going to make chocolate chip cookies tonight. So I was really excited, and I showed him how to cream the butter and and the um, the brown sugar. And he's just looking at me like, seriously, it could have been so much easier if you slice open the roll. That's not the point. The point is <laughs> the prospect of putting it together is really cool. But it's just the little things that I'm just like, wow. I just assumed that you've already done that. No, I had people in my life that just handled that little problem. <laughs> this. I didn't have to go all the way back to scratch. <laughs> I'm not a purist for that. And, you know, maybe that's just me. Because in my childhood, like, you know, from fudge to cakes to things like that, I would say about 90% of the stuff was always made from scratch. I mean, yeah, we did use a cake mix because, you know, Duncan Hines can hook it up. But <laughs> yeah. by and large, so many things are made from scratch, and I just naturally assume that everyone else does it. Yeah, me and, and Toll then House I forget were cool. that, like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> you were completely confused because I was so proud, and I was like, okay, take a bite. And you're like, it's a cookie. <laughs> yes, it's a cookie. It was a good cookie. <laughs> But it's a cookie that you made yourself from scratch. Like you, like he, I was like measuring the ingredients, and he was just like, "Is that all really necessary?" Yes, it's necessary. You have to be exact when you bake. <laughs> Toe House doesn't have that problem. <laughs> they did have the problem. They did all of that so you don't have to. And I'm proud of them. I gave them money <laughs> for it too. But, see, it's also helpful because all the cookies are sold out right now. So you can't go to a store and just get the roll. So now you know you can make it by yourself. You do know I can go to the gas station right now, <laughs> go in the freezer section of it, get some Toll House or Duncan Hands or whatever you want to call it, and bring it home. Now, granted, I'm not used to getting, like, stuff from the gas station at, like, <laughs> 2 in the morning, but, well... <laughs> Desperate times, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, if we could go back to the Steakum. So, this week, Steakums, the brand, was getting a lot of attention on Twitter because of their response to the coronavirus, of all things. Okay. So, they started tweeting um, responses to the president's um, daily briefings. So, they... They tweeted things like, for example, during this pandemic, it's vital to stay away from charlatans peddling miracle cures that are all natural, such as colloidal silver or herbal remedies. Many people and extra are afraid and extra susceptible to scams. Please counter falsities if you see them with both data and compassion. Again, this is the official Twitter account. For frozen steak. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little I'm a little intrigued by that. I was waiting for you to say that Steakums tweeted out something saying, Yeah, if in a pinch you're like really desperate, you can use the Steakum as like a mask. <laughs> or like, you know, the little sheets or something. Hell, you can use the box if you need to, but you know, let's knock it out. But yeah, I didn't know if they were getting uh they were getting slab with it. Yeah, Steakums apparently is woke. Okay. And to be fair, this is not a new strategy. In fact, in 2018, 
um, eater.com, which is one of my favorite foodie sites, they actually called attention to this where they said the Steakums plans to change their strategy where they're going to exploit millennial inks to sell frozen tea steak filling. That's not going to be hard. So during that time, they tweeted things such as talking about, you know, the student loan debt crisis, um, disenfranchisement um, as far as having access to, you know, service jobs, um, dealing with mental health issues, for example. Um, All of that from a brand of frozen steak, Hmm. (laughs) cheesesteak filling. So my question to you is twofold. One, if having a woke (laughs) Twitter account where you talk about anything but your product, would that encourage people to buy? And two, would you take advice from your cheesesteak filling. <laughs> now, to be fair, before you answer the second question, mm-hmm. at one point they tweeted something that I thought was actually really, really cool where they were basically making a call that, hey, if you've done research on the coronavirus or um, epidemics or, um, you know, pandemic related issues, and you would like us to, um, share your information on our Twitter feed, let us know, which is, I'd have to say, I mean, on one hand, they're providing a public health service, mm-hmm. <laughs> but on the other hand, they're cheesecake. I mean, cheesesteak filling. So yeah. what do you think about that? Well, cheesesteak. <laughs> well, cheesesteak. Well, after listening to that, I am of the opinion that I guess the first part of this is I tend to believe that they are playing on millennial angst. And I tend to believe that it might come from someone in their, I don't want to say public relations, but their, their ad campaign team that said, you know what? Here's how we're going to do it. Like all those little nice little Andre Johnsons or, you know, Charlie's from Blackish or like sitting there making up this stuff or somebody on their web team say, all right, let's see how we can play this. Cause I think that's the, you know, the thing now, like the little, you know, newfangled new Jack madmen are saying, Hey, this is how we're going to, you know, you know, throw it out there and see if it sticks type things that way that people are paying attention. So I think they are playing on the fears by, being able to push this stuff. And I think that's the way it comes out. Now, do would I get this from Steakums? No, because once again, I think the last time I had Steakums, I don't even think we were even married. But why is that? I mean, is it because... I have no damn reason to want to deal with Because I go get I mean, real steak. I mean, we like cheesesteak. I mean, or to roast be beef. fair, yeah. I can throw down a good cheesesteak. A good Philly cheesesteak, I mean, the real Philly cheesecake, the kind with cheese whiz that's hard to get, mm-hmm. I can throw down with that. I don't know why I haven't bought steakums. I think maybe because, again, I, I personally equate it from when I was in grad school, and it was cheap and inexpensive, and it was a luxury for me to have that, other than, like, deli meat and cereal as I was working my way through college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um 
So I'm just like, ooh, I can get some steakums and <laughs> make me a sandwich. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. So I think at a certain age, it's kind of like ramen, although to be fair, sometimes I really do crave ramen, and there's ramen in our cabinet right now. Nothing wrong with that. Don't judge me. Ramen? I'm with you. <laughs> Thai peanut butter ramen is the shit. I'm not apologizing for that. But it's one of those things that, like I said, I kind of equate with that time where I couldn't afford anything else. No, and that's a fair assessment. My thing is, for the moment that we, you know, don't need, you know, because as you said, with the the chocolate chip cookies from scratch type thing, we have the time and the ability and the finances, as you will, to, you know, maybe make some cheesesteak some scratch. Or like, you know, the the meat uh, that comes from steakums to do that in another way. But yeah, on a, in a pinch, we bought some steakums, had them in the freezer and whatnot. And we said, hey, we need, you know, some something quick and easy or, you know, something that they could provide to housewives. Um, yeah, we could throw together some steakums. Ain't nothing wrong with that, but we don't have the need or want at this moment. Because we're bougie. Today. I don't like to think of us as bougie, but maybe you're right. There are certain things I'm bougie about. And there are other things that, yeah, I will right now go and get me a $1 thing of bread and then put $10 worth of meat on it. Because I'm stupid like that. Yeah, I have seen you do that. But then again, I can't say anything because I made risotto for day today for dinner and I stressed over the type of cheese that I put in the risotto. Like, who freaking does that? Also, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to introduce that the gourmet goober <laughs> is a little bit of a cheese snob. Okay. Cheese. Right. Yes, I am a cheese snob, but that's only because of the fact that I, I have a problem with some of the cheese that isn't really cheese. It's quote unquote cheese food. Okay. I'm sorry. The American cheese is kind of creepy and I accidentally bought the American cheese version of Swiss cheese and I was like all upset with my tuna melt until you reminded me that we were brought up on that That's and right. we're just fine and I was like okay yeah I guess I'm good at the cheese That's right. go ahead and say it can you wait a minute can you handle can you can you handle the truth can you handle the truth you can't handle the truth you grew up on that cheese oh you yeah hit that I grew up on cheese Look, no, no. I never grew up on government cheese, and I told you that. But the American cheese with Hold slices? On. Stop, stop, stop. What? Did you or did you not grow up on government cheese? No. I told you. We had friends who got government cheese that got the block and gave us some. Uh-huh. Because that cheese back in the day was great, and it made really great mac and cheese from scratch. But no, we never got government cheese on our own. We usually got it from like a friend or a family member. The things I learned about you. you knew, I am you just know, shocked. You know that. You knew that. I am. Oh, stop it. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but you knew that. Because I told you the story about how when I was a little girl, and I I used to go to a Catholic school, a private Catholic school. Once again, and, steakums good with government cheese, too. <laughs> in third grade, I went to, like, another school like the township school and they didn't believe that we weren't on government assistance Mm. and they kept pulling me out of class and asking me because they thought we were lying 
And my mom was pissed. She was like, no, we've never did that. Mm. But then they asked me about the government cheese. I'm like, well, yeah, we got some from our friend and it was really good. And they're like, aha. And it's like, no, really, they just didn't like it. It made really good mac and cheese. Yeah. Look, I'm not ashamed, okay? <laughs> I'm not. There is no shame in it. But what I was talking about uh-huh. was the American cheese slices that we were brought up on. Right. Which now I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole because it's... Cheese food. It's cheese food. It's not real cheese. It's mostly like oil. When it melts, it gets kind of weird. Although it really does taste good on in burgers. I'll give you that. But I just prefer anything other than process american cheese you know being married to the gourmet goober has messed me up a little bit now because i can't even hit american cheese anymore like american cheese comes in the house and automatically she looks at me like with a face like how dare you bring that in my house i'm surprised she ain't like like taking the side to it and start like you know shooting the corn like you know ray allen on us okay so i think what we're establishing is we're trying to get back to the story Okay. Is yes, I admit I'm a little bit of a food snob, and I have to remind cheese. myself now. No, it's not just cheese because I told you that one time that you bought margarine, and I was making that roasted chicken, and mm. I had a moment where I was stressing because it wasn't real butter, and then I, I was just like, literally, your ass grew up on margarine. You'll be fine. Just shut up and put it on the chicken. It turned out great. <laughs> we also like to circle back. <laughs> Well, this moment while the gourmet Google laughs <laughs> off this, uh, that, um, for you kids out there, the plant butter is really just margarine. Yes. We learned, we, we talked about that in a previous episode. We talked about that in a previous episode, but you know what? And then we'll go back to steak and you're no better, Mr. I can't eat regular frozen pizza because I grew up in Chicago, Chicago land and everything is fresh. And the first time I brought a frozen pizza in the house, you looked at me like I have besmirched you. <laughs> You're no better. What do you want me to say? In this, I'm sorry, growing up in this house, I ain't had no damn frozen pizza. You can keep that shell sad. No, we had, you know, my mother brought home fresh pizza or else we made it. No. I grew up in a family of six people. Frozen pizza is kind of like a reality. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a better quality frozen pizza than what we grew up on. Mm -hmm. You know what? We should totally do an episode. Of, like, childhood stuff that we ate that now as adults that we don't. And maybe examine that. Because, again, like I said, I grew up on margarine. There is nothing wrong with margarine. That's right. Like you said, plant butter is really freaking margarine. Sorry, people. It's margarine. Mm-hmm. And not everyone can eat butter because they're vegan or things like that. And I totally get it. And I think because I have such a passion for cooking and making things... That oftentimes I I have to like recenter myself. Like, you are not too bougie to have the American cheese. Seriously, you prefer the Philly steak with the cheese whiz. What the hell is that? That's literally the most processed cheese product you can get on the planet. Yup. <laughs> so I shouldn't be so bougie about it. But I'm honest enough to admit that sometimes I get to a point where it's just like, ew. And then I have to recenter. <laughs> so going back to the steakums, mm-hmm. no judgment about the steakums. I happen to like steakums. I haven't bought it in like a decade or more, but I do like steakums. And it's refreshing to at least have some source, albeit if it comes from 
meat, frozen meat, <laughs> to act as, as the Wall Street Journal mentioned recently, that Staken emerges as an unlikely coronavirus misinformation watchdog. I mean, at the end of the day, there's so much information that's out there about the coronavirus that it's just really important to have good resources of information, no matter where it comes from. True. Now, whether or not that increases steak and sales and makes you want to run out and buy a steak and sandwich, that remains to be seen. Um, but again, I I guess it's a marketing tool. And I'm not even sure they're doing it for marketing. Is it just, they're just like, fuck it. We're just going to put out good information. <laughs> and kudos to them for using their platform. But yeah, that's... That's hey, sort of yeah. a weird and refreshing thing that's come out of the coronavirus pandemic is woke. Okay, the best way I can once again, <laughs> best way I can best summarize is that I'm of the opinion that someone in their department decided they wanted to be edgy, so they this is what their their stab is. Well, yeah, I mean that's been their strategy since 2018, but it's just now getting traction now because people are paying attention. So we'll have to revisit that maybe in another podcast just to see if they're getting increase in purchases and, you know, some real foodie cred by the fact that they, you know, are your go-to source for coronavirus information. Or Steakum's mass. They, <laughs> they could market that. They could. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing that's come out of what's happened with the coronavirus is, as you know, the NCAA was forced to cancel March Madness this year. Unfortunately, yes. And as a result of canceling it, it has actually led to a very bizarre bizarre thing that now, believe it or not, um, sources like NPR are reporting that there is actually a chicken wing surplus. A chicken wing surplus. (laughs) Now, when I told you this, you started laughing because, as you said about chicken. I'd like to give credit to the great George Wallace, the comedian, not the former governor, uh, that chickens usually are the animals least likely to die of natural causes. <laughs> that you is don't true. find too many like random chickens just be like, I'm having a heart attack and dying now. That chicken uh, went through something. Yeah, I'm sorry. Even now, if you go and you see like Falcon Leghorn or I don't know, some random, like you wait for them to give the egg and then you you keep looking at them like a two piece. <laughs> we know that that chicken's going to end up somewhere on somebody's plate or a bucket or something. But yeah, so they got a surplus of chicken wings. Yes. So here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So basically... Like with any market, um, a lot of times they will um, center production around times of the year that they know that there's going to be an increase in interest. So, for example, you're more likely to find gingerbread cookies at the end of the year during Christmas time than, say, you know, at Easter. Because, again, it's a traditional food that's eaten around that time. That's good. That's a good point. How come they had no gingerbread Easter bunnies? Okay, first of all, that's really true. That's I right. never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And 
the great thing about making cookies from scratch is you could make your own gingerbread cookie and make it in the shape of Easter Bunny and you could do it all year long. See? <laughs> you look at me like I'm not doing that, woman. <laughs> I still think you're crazy. All right, go on, me, Goober. <laughs> Get to work on that. Anyway, <laughs> so according to a recent story on NPR, believe it or not, there are two ty- two times during the year that there is usually an increase of chicken wings um, consumption. Chicken. One, <laughs> one is during um, the NCAA, okay. uh, March Madness, and the other time is, believe it or not, during the Super Bowl. So since they have canceled March Madness, now suppliers are stuck with a large stockpile of chicken wings. So let me get this straight. Within a six-week period (laughs) at the beginning of the year, chickens basically are just like in fear. They're like in hiding. (laughs) Kind of like, you know, turkeys are around the beginning of November. (laughs) Right. They're like, hold on, wait a minute. It's that time of year. We're going to go hide under the hen, hen house or something. Okay, so around Super Bowl and March Madness is when the chickens... Are basically in the biggest demand. Right. Okay. And so now there's like an overabundance of chicken wings. So. Well, I say, I say, I say. Okay, that was my really horrible attempt at Falcon Lakehorn. Yeah, that was really bad. So. (laughs) So what do you think? I mean, is that crazy? And. I mean, I guess I understand. As a, I guess, you would think around, okay, because I know if there's sporting holidays, I guess I'm trying to think of why chicken wings, like, is it just the places like, I'm thinking like BW, I'm sorry, BW, what is it? Is it BWs? It's Buffalo Wild Wings now. Okay. However you want to call them, sorry. There is no more wick. <laughs> sorry, so, we talked about that. So, Buffalo Wild Wings. <clears throat> and or I guess this would be or Hooters would be like the places that you would probably partake of the most wings around this time of year. And those would be the places that would be loading up on the chicken wings. So thus, hopefully, A, that they're still doing pretty good business. But yeah, I guess that would explain why so many people are eating the chicken wings around that. But I guess the other thing, like I know before we jump ahead with it. Would be why do you remember like not too long ago they were saying that there was a possibility there could be because of famine or something going on with the health of the chickens that there was like a shortage? You know what? I did remember seeing that at the end of the year. Yeah. So it went from a famine of there could be less chickens, and that's when all the brothers and sisters and all the nice people got together and they were like, hold on, we need to talk about this. To, oh, there's a surplus of chicken wings. And now that I think about it, since there's a surplus of chicken wings, um, I'm going to have to make me a run to the store, you know, because I need to make sure you're not know, giving me a couple extra wings before the famine occurs again. Well, you know, we did have chicken wings for dinner the other day, which, by the way, just as a side note, Big mm. Daddy hit up those chicken wings really well. They were good. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, the wings were okay. But, um, oh, don't be modest. They were really good. <laughs> I think it was the sauce you liked, not so much the wings. No, the sauce was great, too. Okay, let's not get sidetracked. Got it. <laughs> I know our listeners are like, what is wrong with these people today? <laughs> we take a lot of detours. We get it. It's, it's been a long, long week, folks. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, and I think part of the other thing is, too, it's keep in mind restaurants are closed right now. So there's an added issue where those wings, which would have normally gone to places like BW3s or like Hooters, like you said, you know, sports bar where you can gather and eat wings. Now they're expected within the next couple of weeks to flood the supermarket um, where basically they're trying to unload all of these chicken wings. So, one, America, be prepared. You're probably going to have a lot of chicken wings in the next few weeks as we hunker down. <laughs> but this is actually a new phenomenon. Um, and I can't think of any other thing that might be effective with, well, that and vexectomies. <laughs> oh, Lord, here we go with the vasectomy issue again. No, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really intrigued by that. Okay, what I'm talking about, in case you guys don't know. Detour. Stop. Mm. Big Daddy told me a secret that I never knew, but it was common along sports media about March Madness. Could you explain that? It's a, not that very good of a secret, but what... Well, I didn't know about it, and I'm sure a lot of women didn't know about it. Uh, I think they probably did, but no, the concept is... A lot of times during March Madness, like the first weekend or two, is generally when you start to see a lot of men like take the that first weekend off, as you will, because there tends to be this uptick in vasectomies. So they can sit around, heal from it, and watch March Madness. Yes. Instead of, I don't know, like normal people just planning a vacation around it. I've planned vacation days when Ball State has played March Madness. Which On the few times this happened. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've cheered my team on. I, I I can't imagine planning a major surgery around a sporting event. That's crazy. Yeah, a lot of people like, I mean, there there has been one, one or two times where no, I'm not having a vasectomy like that, like that, but yeah, I've like randomly had to take a the Thursday off for some reason, like, you know, scratchy throat or, but that was more because I had just had a scratchy throat and I just didn't feel like going into the office infecting people. Well, more importantly, that's the excuse that only works once. Oh, also that, um... <laughs> There have actually been an uptick also in <clears throat> vasectomy reversals. So what? So they reverse it and then they get one again? Do people not know how that works? Exactly. Apparently the people who <laughs> let them off don't. <laughs> so next year, presumably if there's a March Madness next year, what I could recommend is you could say, look, I need the time off because it's my patriotic duty 
to help America get rid of the surplus of wings that happens during this time. What the cluck? <laughs> I've taken off March Madness this first weekend to help Dissipate get rid of the, the surplus of chicken wings. Of chicken wings. Cluck, right. cluck, I should say that cluck, should be excuse. Cluck, 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 cluck. Okay. <laughs> Look, it's probably a lot more believable than the other excuse. I don't understand that. Because you could only use it once. I mean, how many times can you even say, oh, I got it reversed. Oh, I'm getting it again. <laughs> Plus, I'm pretty sure they're not all telling their wives and significant others and partners. So, if you're mm -hmm. listening and your spouse or whoever in your life had said, oh, I need to do this, you might want to check because they may just do it to watch March Madness. If they have a frozen bag of peas, don't <laughs> check to make sure that there's actually a frozen bag of peas in them. <laughs> okay, so on that note, maybe we should go to the last story. <laughs> Cluck. <laughs> so. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Do you, are you okay? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the Gourmet Goober has been choked up because she got caught up in the magic of vasectomies and overabundance of chicken, chicken wings. wings. We, oh, should name the, we should name the episode vasectomy and chicken wings. Vasectomy and chicken wings. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm sure our partner is that so foodie may not like that. <laughs> I can't imagine getting an email. So, how are we supposed to promote this? <laughs> I can't know. wait for the clicks that would come from this. <laughs> Bunch of clicks on clucks. <laughs> anyway, last story. So the last story that we saw that kind of intrigued us is that um, it comes from a little site that I've been reading off and on called The Daily Wheel. So it's a site that Again, like Eater, focuses on food culture. And this one is in particular is kind of interesting. So last week, they actually had a week that was dedicated to food icons. Um, or iconic food mascots, so to speak. So those are the, um, you know, the Tony the Tigers, the Wendy's, um, the Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Basically the faces of the products that we pick up and use every day. And I thought it was actually really, really cool that they did kind of like, you know, a day dedicated to that. And it wraps up with the story that they had, which was called the most iconic food mascots of all time. Okay. And it covers everything from the Kool-Aid man to Tony, the tiger Gidget who you may also know as the Taco Bell dog, so the Yo Quiero Taco Bell. That's right, Yo Quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> the dog's real name was Gidget. <clears throat> Look like one, too. <laughs> but I found the whole story to be really interesting. And so all week, Big Daddy and I, we've been trying to amuse ourselves by kind of digging into the daily meal in between, you know, self-quarantine and grant writing and, working on our perspective projects and we got a laugh here and there. So we thought it might be a good idea to kind of close out the episode 
or close out the segment rather, because let's face it, we are all drained talking about the coronavirus. Yes. We are just worn the hell out. <laughs> and we still have miles to go before we sleep. Oh, yeah. Oh, child. Just so long. But anyway, so they had some really cool things um, that came up and brought us laughs. So one of the things is about KFC and Colonel Sanders. <clears throat> and the good, Colonel, <coughs> good Colonel Harlan Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes. So he, of course, Harlan Sanders is the mascot for KFC. One of the things I was really surprised to learn is he is not from Kentucky. <laughs> He's actually from Indiana. Wait a minute. Colonel Sanders is from Indiana. Yes. I I personally feel betrayed learning this <laughs> at this stage of my life. <laughs> There's more than corn in Indiana. <laughs> Apparently so. There's fried chicken. There's fried chicken. <laughs> or it was until he took it to Kentucky. Yes. So Colonel Sanders is actually from Indiana. Um, and yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. Um, Tony the Titan. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony the Tiger, which was the mascot of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, he was named a mascot in 1952. He was great. Here's the weird thing: they were actually he was not their first choice as a mascot. So there were three other mascots they were looking at besides him. Was one of them a crackhead? <laughs> no, it my- was Frosty. <laughs> no. Go ahead. No, one was Katie the Kangaroo. Elmo the Elephant, and then something called Newt the Gnu, which is, like, totally confusing because a Newt and a Gnu are, like, two separate animals. Yes. Why the hell would you name it that? <laughs> but anyway. Do you refer to him as a Gnu or a Gnu? It's a Gnu. Huh. I always just say Gnu. Really? Yeah. But, that, I mean, I'm probably the one with the wrong pronunciation. Okay, so Tony the Tiger could have been a kangaroo. Wait, so you call it a new, really? I'm slow. I don't know what the actual pronunciation is, but... It's GNU, because, okay, have you ever seen the... Remember the Great Space Coaster? Yes. And the character was was named Gary GNU? And he pronounced it for you. That's how I learned how to say it. I thought they were saying it wrong. No! Gnu, That's why he said there was no GNU, like good GNUs, but Gary GNU. I thought the G was silent. <laughs> well, normally the G is silent, but it's actually pronounced GNU. Okay, so <laughs> new GNU. New new. New 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 new. Nonetheless, we have learned that Tony Tiger could have been a freaking kangaroo or what was it, an elephant? Yes. Yeah, that would have been. Shocking, but yeah, I'm good. I'm glad they stuck with Tony the Tiger or went with that. Now, another thing they talked about was Kool-Aid Man. Ah, yes. Yes. And so Kool-Aid Man, of course, um, was the mascot um, since 1975 of Mm Kool-Aid. I've always wondered something. Is the Kool-Aid Man, okay, is the Kool-Aid Man the pitcher? Is the Kool-Aid man, like, the Kool-Aid inside the pitcher? Or is it both? You know what I'm saying? Just the fact, unless I'm on the pitcher head legs, I would like to assume that the personification of <laughs> what the Kool-Aid man would be 
<laughs> would be the pitcher with the legs and arms breaking through windows. I'm sorry, breaking through walls, which has always perplexed me because, you know, almost all of these places that he broke into had doors. Maybe the Kool-Aid man was a thief. You know, that is true. Yeah. He could have just easily gone through the door. Even though I know he had a big body. Half the places he went into had doors that he could have come in through. But he decided to break through walls, so... Yeah. That could have been a problem. Maybe he was nearsighted. <laughs> Speaking of the Kool-Aid man, if there's more information that you want about the Kool-Aid man, um, the Daily Mail also offered... Helpful um, facts about the Kool-Aid man himself. Yeah, it's called Don't Forget to Put Sugar in Your Kool-Aid. Well, yes, that's true. Or some kind of substitute of therefore. Don't bring me that Kool-Aid with no sweetener in it. That's that's wrong. So blasphemy, yeah. So, for example, in the state of Nebraska, milk is recognized as the state beverage of Nebraska. But Kool-Aid is the official state soft drink. And... The official flavor is the red flavor, juicy red flavor in 1998. Okay. In fact, they have a weekend-long celebration every summer about Kool-Aid. And, oh, by the way, the flavor of Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid man is, he is officially cherry. That's his problem. (laughs) You look confused. Well, one... I didn't know the states had official soft drinks. I, 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 I did know that they had official state drinks like, you know, milk and orange juice and whatnot. But didn't know they had official soft drinks, so I'm intrigued by that. But I guess this also goes to the concept of when we talk about Kool-Aid. You know, when people refer to Kool-Aid by saying, because there are certain places where you know, we call it strawberry, cherry, fruit punch, as whatnot. Then there's red. Red, as we have detailed, is a flavor. There is no, oh, yeah, it's strawberry, or yes, yeah, cherry, or whatever. You know, amongst us and, you know, skin folk, um, red is, is, a, is a color. Well, you know, we, it's talk, a flavor. we talked about that in a previous episode. It's... When we were talking about um, the debates and Cory Booker was said famously, you're dipping in the Kool-Aid and don't know the flavor. That's right. And we were joking that the flavor is most likely red because it's a cultural thing, right? I mean, that's what we call it. Yeah, Joe Biden looks like he's a lemonade type drinker. (laughs) Lemonade Kool-Aid. That's him. That is true. So, but yeah, I'm I'm more... I'm more weirded out that Nebraska actually has like a Kool-Aid day because I, you know what? Everyone drinks Kool-Aid. Let me just not go down that rabbit hole because I was going to say something and maybe I shouldn't, but. (laughs) No, you want to be nice about it. (laughs) Not all of us drink the same mixture within our Kool-Aid. Yes, that's true. I'm pretty sure it's not the sugary. (laughs) Spoon standing in the in the pitcher Kool Aid that we grew up with. That's right. <laughs> Put sugar in your Kool Aid or some sweetener. <laughs> so a couple other things that we've learned um, from this article. For example, Captain Crunch actually has a name. His official name is Horatio Magellan Crunch. 
Ooh. <laughs> That's so nice. He, his first name is Horatio. All I know is Cap. There's no Captain. There's no Cap. It's just Captain. Crunch. That's all I need to know. Is this food there? Yes. That's good. Move on. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Here's the last thing that intrigued us, though. Okay. And it was about, remember we were talking about um, Rice Krispies? So, um. the three mascots of Rice Krispies are Snap, Crackle, and Pop, right? Yes. But there used to be a fourth elf. Called Punch? <laughs> no. His name, close though. His name was Pow. Pow. So, it used to be Snap, Crackle, Punch, and, and Pow. Snap, Crackle, Punch, and Pow. Or Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Sorry. Okay. Snap, snap crackle, crackle, pop. pop. Now you've got me saying punch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was snap, crackle, pop, and pow. And in the 50s, pow was actually added by marketers. And then he, he actually was a family friend. He was in two commercials before he was scrapped. So once again, like in Family Matters, when the little, the younger <laughs> sister, sister goes upstairs, goes upstairs and we never see from her again. <laughs> Is that what happened to Pal? Yeah. <laughs> Pal went up in the honeycomb hideout, and we never saw him again. I know I'm cross-referencing different things, but yeah, somehow Pal went away. But So, unless I'm, my memory is wrong, because I have to go back to my childhood for this, when you dealt with Snap, Crackle, and Punch, why am I saying Snap, Crackle, and Punch? See, now you've started that. Oh, Snap, <laughs> Crackle, and Pop. There was the thing of, remember when you would like, you would put the milk in the cereal bowl, and you, of course, you would put cereal in, and then you would hear, you would listen for the snap, the crackle, and the pop. So I remember very distinctly as a little kid listening for snap, crackle, and pop. But for the life of me. What sound would pow make? Furthermore, would you want your cereal to say pow? I would be freaked the hell out. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> I'd be waiting for Tony and Tiger to jump out and be like, hey, go on eat this frosted flakes. I got I got I got pow in, in this. But no, I truly don't know. I, I truly yeah, what would pow sound like or was it really a sound or was it just a reaction you know i'm not really sure they did they put dynamite and snap crackle and pop and somehow pal just had to get rid maybe they maybe that was a different ingredient they had to get rid of there were some things and and you know in that cereal that they weren't gonna tell you about at first in the test marketing pal had to go away because pal was up on some charges there were some things that Powell was involved in. This has been going on all week, folks, where he just comes up with theories as to what happened, truly happened to Powell. Yeah. <laughs> Powell, was, uh, he, he was involved in some things. Some mobster had to talk to him. <laughs> there were some things Powell that went, went on. went into the witness protection program. <laughs> yeah. Powell had to go into a protection program because, you know, there were some things that fell off a truck. <laughs> you always wonder what happened to Powell. Was Powell touching meat inappropriately? No, Powell was not touching meat inappropriately. 
I pull my jokes for other things, yes. <laughs> but yeah, Pal was involved in some things. He knew too many, too much about Snap, Crackle, and Pop. So thus, Pal had to go away. Okay, so there you have it. Yes. <laughs> this is what happens when you're quarantined just long enough and... In, yeah. These are the things you come up with. My conspiracy theories, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? We should like ask our listeners what they think happened to Pat. <laughs> so if you guys want to share and we'll put it on the next podcast, you can tweet us at the gourmet. You can tweet the gourmet goober at JJ outlaw or at T outlaw on Twitter. And then use hashtag where's pow P O W. And just tell us what the, you think happened to pal. Cause this has just been a source of amusement. I think cause we were stir crazy all week. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a moment to take a break so we can steer the ship back on track. <laughs> no, no, won't happen. <laughs> you think we're too far gone, huh? Yeah, I, I literally have thrown it off the rail. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, we will be right back rounding out um, our segment with the best thing we ate this week. You're listening to The Gourmet Goober. We'll be right back. Gooberland, this is JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. Do you consider yourself gumberworthy? Maybe you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet. Well, if so, tell the world what your very own goober gear. From aprons and mugs to t-shirts and hoodies, it's the perfect way to support our show while telling the world that you're part of Gooberland. So just head over to gooberswag.com. That's gooberswag.com and get your very own goober gear now. Everyone, this is JJ Outlaw and T Outlaw, and we are back with the last segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast called "The Best Thing We Ate This Week." That's where we share the recipes, the restaurants, the different places that really um, made us fall in love with the whole culinary process. As always, um, we try to share links in our show notes where you can get your own. Um, just as a reminder, because this week we have been sheltered in place, although we do focus on a lot of pl- places that you can find in greater Chicagoland or around the area. Obviously, since we haven't been moving around, our choices will be local. But if you're in Northwest Indiana, it is definitely a good time to kind of, you know, explore some of the areas and hopefully as your past to discover places that you didn't know existed. So as always, we start this segment off with big daddy. That's right. (laughs) So what was the best thing you ate since, you know, the last podcast? That's right. Ascend to the crown. Big daddy's here. (laughs) uh, That dude is a, uh, I would love to give a shout out to my, my favorite spot. I cannot remember the last time. Actually, I do remember last time, and hopefully it'll be back open on May 1st. Uh, that would be Jay's Breakfast Club. They have just so, just so nice yes. uh, chicken and waffles and other breakfast combos and really good coffee. The big, uh, the gourmet goober. I'm sorry. She is a, a lovely <laughs> friend because they offer up Kool-Aid. Yes, they have red Kool-Aid as one of the drink choices, and I'm like, this is my home. <laughs> yes. 
She was a big fan <laughs> of the Kool-Aid. Uh, that was a, uh, that's a jam for us. Big favorite. But uh, because I have not had it in the last two weeks, I am going to go off the record and say that the best thing I ate within the last two weeks actually came from the Gourmet Goober. What? That's right. <laughs> I said it. I'm giving the Gourmet Goober some love. My baby here put together a nice little combo of spaghetti and meat sauce. Aww. It was it was like Morsi says, it's so nice. <laughs> it was so tasty. <laughs> no, it was a good little good little combo. Meat sauce was really on point. Cause I made sure it was real meat. Um, but yeah, the meat sauce with the uh the nice little spaghetti noodles and everything. It was the right balance of meat, the right balance of of sauce, marinara, I believe, and stuff. And it was uh, very, very tasty. It was the best thing I ate this week. Ah, Well, a couple of things. <laughs> One, I'm actually proud of the marinara sauce because I made it from scratch. Um, and usually I make spaghetti and meat sauce the same way that my parents did when growing up. But this was a new recipe I had tried. And it was a one pan recipe, which was great because I'm all about doing as few dishes as possible. Love to cook, not so much to clean up. <laughs> That's always been the case. So I'm glad that you like it. Yes, I do. Um, if I could say a little something about Jay's Breakfast Club, it is an amazing spot. So if you're ever in Gary, Indiana, I would highly recommend coming to the spot. It's they serve incredible soul food. It's a really great place for community activities. You actually went to school with the owner, right? Or yes, you're friends of the family? No. I, Jay and I go back to high school. Right. And let me tell you guys something. Seriously. The best. Let me just say this again for the people in the back. The best chicken and waffles you will ever get. I'm serious. I've been to Gladys and Ron's. I've been to the House of Chicken and Waffles. I seriously, next to my grandma Vern or my aunt Verna's chicken and waffles, which you personally love. Yes. And actually the recipe to that is actually on the Gourmet Gooper website. So if you guys want to go back and check that out, it's an old family recipe and includes a buttermilk batter for the chicken. Next to my cousin Werner's chicken and waffles, Jay makes the best chicken and waffles on the planet, and I have told her that. <laughs> I have told her that personally. I have said it on previous podcasts. So seriously, if you're in this area, I cannot recommend them enough. They are amazing. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad to give them some love. Unfortunately, they're temporarily closed right now so again yeah they're revamping their menu but hopefully they will be back may 1st with a nice selection and keep them chicken and waffles hot and coming yes so show them some love if you're in the area be sure to order from them because we're advocating doing that to keep restaurants open and yeah i'm really glad to hear that and oh yeah they do have a white beverage selection and big daddy always laughs at me because they have red Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's right. And I'm like, my people. <laughs> we always go. We always sit down. And he looks at me. He goes, I don't know why 
you're pretending like you're going to be healthy and get water. You didn't get the red Kool-Aid, right? And I usually always get the red Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, my choice for the week, um, I would feel really silly, like, choosing something that I made. Um, although I have to say for Easter dinner, just as a side note, I made this Lego ram recipe. Ram. Lamb. <laughs> oh, lamb. And it is always my favorite recipe. I want to give a shout out to the blog, food blogger at Damn Delicious. I've been using this Lego lamb recipe for years now. It's my go-to recipe. Super easy. I'll put a link of it to in the show notes. But um, I wanted something really simple and delicious to make for Easter dinner. So I made that. Outside of that, I wanted to show some love to a new local restaurant um, that is also in the region, as we call a little neck of Chicagoland, particularly Gary, Indiana. It's a place called Nephew's Steak and Hoagie, and it's a relatively new spot. And let me just also back up and, as I discussed this restaurant joint um, that I ordered from this week, because again... We've been really trying to be mindful and order from places and try new places because the restaurant industry has been so hard hit, you guys. Seriously, like I'm having a meeting tomorrow um, with someone for an event I spoke about earlier that I'm hoping to get off the ground to support the restaurant industry in Chicagoland. And she unfortunately just lost her position, I found out today. Which is so heartbreaking because, again, you know, a lot of these restaurants, they're built for dining in and not so much takeout. And it's been really hard for some of these places to stay afloat. That sucks. Yeah. And this person, I wish I could go into it more. Hopefully, I can share more about this particular project soon. But she is amazing. And she created something to... Um, design awareness with multiple restaurants within the Chicago area um, to domestic violence and violence, particularly against women. And she is just a dynamo. So I'm hoping that in meeting with her tomorrow, I'm so excited. Um, I'm doing that as part of my day job. Hopefully we can create something that not only helps her, but helps save some of the restaurants in the area that we really deeply love. Um, because there would be no gourmet goober without it. Mm. So that said, um, based here locally, DoorDash, I know we talked about in previous episodes where people just don't deliver to us. And we discovered that DoorDash delivers from far ranging places in the region to where we live in Miller. And it was just like, yes. Finally, something on the come up. Yeah, something on the come up. So we have been trying to order at least a couple days a week, and that's where I've discovered Nephew Steak and Hoagie. Okay. Um, we ordered, a what was it, a couple cheesesteaks for lunch? And the cheesesteak that we got from them, let me just say, I'm a real heavy on the cheese cheesesteak person. Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't have a lot of cheese on it already, it's like an eh, you know, X on it. <laughs> and they're a little light on the cheese. But even without that, oh, my God, this was a hella good cheesesteak. It was really well seasoned. 
It was very well balanced with like the veggies. It was perfect amount of like mayo and stuff on it. It was, it was really hella good. It's probably one of the best cheesesteaks that I've had in a long time. So I can't recommend them enough. And again, this is one of those really small businesses where you blink and miss it um, when you drive down, you know, the road. And I've seen them before, but never had the opportunity to order from them before now. And so, again, kudos to the people at Nephew's Cheesesteak and Hoagie because they are amazing. And kudos to DoorDash for delivering them to us. Yay. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously, what was it? Like, Tuesday, I surprised you with five guys being delivered. And five guys is, like, hella far from us. And I found out that they delivered to us. And I was like, oh, my God. So yeah. I didn't tell you. So the, I'm like, do not make lunch. Something is coming. And if you saw Big Daddy's face when I came and he looked at the bag, you did the little fat boy dance. <laughs> I'm sorry, were you calling me a little fat boy? <laughs> no, you know how we were talking about a long time ago when we were in college, you do the little, it's almost like the truffle shuffle. That's what I meant to say, the truffle shuffle. I think you just called me a little fat kid. Look, I'm not skinny either. No, the truffle shuffle from like, I couldn't remember the name from it. You did the truffle shuffle from the Goonies. I think you just called me a little fat kid. <laughs> that, you know, I am a fat man. <laughs> Okay, first of all, I never said that, okay? I was trying to remember the name of the kids' dance from the Goonies. Let's go to the tape, kids. No. <laughs> I, I, I get your point. Anyway, Big Daddy was really super happy. <laughs> but yeah, we've been able to get, like, Chipotle. We can get stuff delivered as far as, like, Hammond, and it's amazing. Because, again, we live in the cross areas of where we live could almost be designed as almost like a food desert of sorts, unfortunately. Yes. Now, um, can, can we keep this on the low? Because, you know, you know, inevitably we'll say it and then they'll be like, hold on, wait a minute now, partner. We, we might have to shut this down. So I'm not trying to like, you know, mess up our thing, but yes, thank you Adore Dash for delivering to us for now. Oh well, yeah, that is true. Yeah, so it was a thing. <laughs> We're good. I'm happy. And let me just say, they they didn't like. We're not getting paid to say that. They literally, we were just like, yes, we can get stuff delivered. Cause yes, as we talked right. about before, growing up in this area, you didn't know that delivery to your house was a thing, and no. now we can do that. No, it was a, a nice <laughs> little delicacy, a luxury, as you will, to have. Because we're not here to promote DoorDash, but hell, DoorDash did deliver as opposed to other places. So, boom, there's the mic. That is true. Because there have been a couple of restaurants we tried to support this week where we placed the order and then they canceled the order when they found out where they're delivering to. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's right. We tip. Come on up (laughs) off that. (laughs) Sorry for you. We tip really, really well, and we talk about you on the show, so you missed out. Hey, is there, since you mentioned J&J's, is there one more place can I give a shout-out to that uh, is just amazing? First of all, for clarification, it's, it's Jay's, Jay's Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Yes. 
But yeah, you can go ahead. No. Um, no shout outs. <laughs> You're the goober. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> we are slap happy at this point, folks. Let me just say that. No, I'm on point. You're slap happy. Anyway, there's one more place I wanted to give a shout out. And it's an amazing little joint and a little section of the region called Miller. And it's called Vibrations Juice Bar. And it is located in Gary, Indiana. And it is like Miller Beach in, in the Miller Beach area. Um, believe it or not, Gary has a beach and it's gorgeous. Um, we can't see it now because it's closed, but it's gorgeous. <laughs> but anyway, Vibrations does everything from making amazing smoothies um, to having like, you know, Reiki sections and yoga and um, they have this like incredible menu that, oh my gosh, like even the, the black bean burger, which you're not anywhere close to being a vegetarian, but you ate it and loved it. And a couple times this week, I swung by and picked up some smoothies. My, um, some of my favorites, I got you the peanut butter one that you really love. Which is called the? I forget. What is it? It's called the goober. Oh, that's right. It's called the Goober. How can I forget? <laughs> yes, I got the Goober one for you. Um, but yeah, they have this really great vegetarian sandwich called the Avocado Avalanche that I'm like addicted to. Um, it has like a red pepper spread and avocados and bean sprouts, and it's so hella good. And I just want to give a shout out to Rebecca, who's the owner, and her son. Um, because again, they're another small business that's really, um, been trying to keep going with the market. And I've gone a couple of times in the last couple of weeks and they have been amazing with their curbside service. So again, if you're in the area, visit nephews, visit, um, five racings, choose bar. You can't go wrong. Yeah. I will give an also short shout out to vibrations also, because as you know about me, I'm not the most healthiest consumer of things and i don't go there you know just for the hell of it the goober does have to drag me but if i will say something about vibrations they do have a couple of nice dishes a couple of really nice smoothies and if i were to make a suggestion when everything kind of opens up again i would go to vibrations just for the conversation every time i've been there the conversation in there has been interesting and you will meet random people from the area who are definitely willing to tell you their story yeah it's they've been really great and rebecca is a great supporter of the community i know that going back to the days when i was a freelance writer and i worked from home and i needed a quiet com contemplative spot in order to write an article or something she would actually open up her back area to me so that I can sit there and write and finish. I mean, she's just amazing. So wanted to show her a little love during this difficult time and make sure that if you're in the area, definitely support her. You can find them online. I'll put a link in the show notes, but definitely worth a visit if you're in the area. Mm -hmm. So let's wrap things up. Um, Big Daddy, where can they find you online? Hi, kids. <laughs> you can find me, T Outlaw, on Twitter at T Outlaw. And on Instagram, once again, at T Outlaw Josie Wells. 
You can find me, JJ Outlaw, at JJ Outlaw on Twitter, on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. You can drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Come visit us, and I'll put a couple links to our website um, at thegourmetgoober.com, where you can not only find recipes like the My Cousin Vernon's Chicken and Waffles, um, you can find links to our show. You can pick up some goober swag, you know, talking about supporting us during this time as well. Show a little love to the goober brand. Um, you can also even donate to the show if you wanted to do that and keep us going. Um, whatever you do, we're so very grateful that you spent your time listening. And until next time, this is JJ and T Outlaw saying happy eating. Happy eating.